they did one of those sad field goals with it was like 30 to nothing you gotta get the field, skunk they, off the boat they man the field goal yes they kicked a field goal to make it like 30 to 3 or some bs like that you're, first of all you're never gonna backdoor cover that way what we do here is go back 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 Okay, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everyone. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com is the email address, and you can get the show as always from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Podcast Center, Stitcher, uh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, my name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logwan the Dawn. Coming to you guys live from Stewart, Florida um we had a little rain today but uh lovely day like i was telling you guys the weather's trying all right we're having we're having a, a solid like hour in the morning in the evenings where it's really really nice all right balmy and falls. Uh, a, a balmy <laughs> balmy falls is amongst us uh and um yeah so anyhow played a little golf this evening it was a great wednesday it's been a good week you know i'm taking off on friday i didn't have to work on monday i can mm. use this it's not so bad who else is here yeah, I think we call that the European work week in, in some circles. Um, my name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we've also had some very pleasant weather. Uh, Love it. The, the autumnal vibes are starting to creep towards the dance floor, and, and we're ready to go. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan, and... I'm very excited just for our country's sports right now. We lost the Solheim Cup over the weekend. Uh, mm. World Cup qualifying's going great. And we just had our, our Ryder Cup captain's picks announced today. So go, go USA, in the big, words of uh, Ian Dark. Big, big match against what, at Honduras tonight. Yeah. Redemption. Without, without Weston McKinney, unfortunately. Without one of our best players. Yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah, uh, my name is Jason Kreck. I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been just lovely, lovely evening weather in Harrisonburg, Virginia. the The afternoons are still a bit toasty. Uh, my office window also is like direct target of the sun from about noon thirty to about five thirty. Mm. Um, so, but uh, yeah, Jordan and I also enjoyed a, a delightful nine holes of golf yesterday in perfect weather um yeah i'm i'm excited to be here to break down all of the Ryder cup captain picks you guys do you guys have any hot takes you need to get off while was, we're, while we're outstanding here? picks outstanding. I, yeah i honestly think they're great picks cool marks. i thought i was really glad to see burger and scheffler both yep. get selected yeah so. i was worried i was worried scotty scheffler wasn't gonna get picked and i was i was relieved to yeah, see that happy for scheffler what do we think about fee now Love, love big Tony. I think he I think he maybe struggles mentally in these team settings, especially like in in the one on one. I have no idea what his track record is, obviously. <laughs> sure. But like we're shooting from the hip. I, I but think I also he's like, think isn't like, he on the record as saying that he like doesn't do well. He's not like a pressure player. I mean, I'm just saying well, like, also, a little bit I'm a little also alarming if that's one of the things. How like how his Ryder Cup goes now that he got a win under his yep. belt recently. Yep. Now he's just so, like, yeah. Damn it! I am good at this game. I mean, he, I can uh, win. 
Yeah, that's, that's he was thing, he right? was owed a win. He didn't exactly uh, win that tournament. No, but he, no, he was, ran it, down. He ran down John Rahm, dude. John Rahm is the best player in the world right now. Like full stop. And big thank you for telling me that. I was totally day. unaware. John Rahm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a Callaway guy, Jason. You you know I I know who John Rahm is. Preaching we, to the choir. Fellow Callaway soldier, right. John Rahm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I so my my take on on Finau is that whatever weaknesses he might have, like. Um, like in the matches him, them, themselves yeah. are balanced by like he seems to be just very very well liked by everybody. No, that's and that's and a I good think thing. He, Great luck. He probably yeah. is like we had the like, potential for some 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 uh, yeah uh, poor dynamics. There's we'll some say. there's some uh, drama uh, afoot, and I think like <laughs> as cliche as it sounds, Tony Female is like female female is. Mm-hmm. Like big big locker room guy. Like Listen, I like Tony too. I just was a little surprised to see him on the team. I guess I suppose a little surprised at Berger too, but I, I don't know quite as much about the year that he's had to substantiate his placement on the team. Yeah. So shout out shout out to Enoco USA. I'll be waving the flag. Yeah. Really yeah. hate you, you really hate to see Patrick Reed get left out. Right now. It's, yeah, I mean, he's just he's just Super such tough. a such and a good character guy and I was really hoping though if he made the team we were gonna get a Bryce and Patrick Reed pairing and it was gonna be awesome. <laughs> I mean just like they were either going to dominate or they were gonna just get um, they're gonna lose so, nine and eight. Yeah. It's so worth pointing out, yeah. Uh, no laying up just tweeted out a screen recording of scrolling through Patrick Reed's current likes and it's just him liking every tweet that says that the Ryder Cup are stupid for not taking him. Nice. Nice. So that's nice. extremely on brand. So he must Love be it. feeling better. Glad to see yeah. he's in better spirits and better Twitter, health. Twitter fingers are back. That's that's good. Um, very good. All right, what are we um, what are we drinking today, boys? Uh, Logan, I took your advice and hunted down some of the mango Lacroix, and yeah. uh, it's very good. I like it. It's good. We'll, we'll buy again. I'm a fan. Uh, I have a uh, I have a bottle of Devil's Backbone Ofest Lager. Oh, hey now. Jason, uh, speaking of Devil's Always Backbone, no Jason's house, am I right? <laughs> Gross. Speaking of Devil's Backbone, and this isn't a Devil's Backbone beer, but it's also a Virginia brewery. Uh, sure. I saw the that Brothers released like a JMU themed lager. Have you drank it? How much have you drank of it? In terms of sample size, not ounce, not just. I'm not looking for a, a number of ounces. Sure. Uh, uh, and what is your take? I've had it several times. Um, I enjoy it thoroughly. It's a very, uh, it's probably like a half step above Yingling in terms of like, uh, it's probably about the level of Yingling in terms of like fanciness or niceness of beer. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's just a very, it's, it's wildly affordable and I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much. It's Go Dukes. Like if you're looking for like a fancy carafe of you know, seven point nine percent, whatever, you're not gonna be looking for ale. It's called so, proud, it's called proud and true lager. Yeah, proud and true uh, lager. So, so I think the last like the last good, notable craft, craft in quotes, yeah. beer lager I had was the uh, Richmond lager from Hardywood, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. how how given given a one or the other, which would you choose? That's that's tough. I think I'd probably take proud and true just because, like, I found it more. I got it. I got well, it. Yeah, because yeah, I'm paid <laughs> to. No, um, I think I think it was more refreshing. 
Okay. Um, if I was going for like, I want to do a craft beer tasting, maybe I'd take the Richmond Lager. Um, but for like a hanging out beer, I, I think I would take Proud and True. Yeah. Way better. I think it's, it's going to be an outstanding beach beer. Noted. Jason, you, you also drink Yingling at the beach, though, don't you? I don't, see, I, don't, I don't think Yingling is a beach beer. It's me. not. It's not. I, I wouldn't say I like. If I had my choice of beach beer, Yingling probably wouldn't. I've also downshifted completely to like full Florida man status, and I'm I'm like pretty in on Mick Ultra at this point. Like <laughs> yeah. I, it's so big, it's, big Florida Gulf vibes. It's so vibes, light, and it's so yeah, golf <laughs> golf vibes. It's so light, but it's 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 a great golf beer. It's a uh, I will. Beer. I've told this story before. When I worked at Lakeview Golf Club when I was in college, we charged the same amount for all all craft beers were four dollars. Um, sorry, not not all craft beers. All beers were four dollars. That's from <laughs> Mick Ultra and Bud Light up to like no discrimination. We, we had Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager and a couple like nice, nice. craft wow. beers. Look at you and guys. We sold probably twice as much Mick Ultra as any other beer. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's just it's just tremendously refreshing. It's super refreshing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what to say. Like um, I had one tonight. I had one this evening. Right? I'm not even scared. No not judgment. even worse for wear. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like, if I was picking a beach beer, I'd pick Yingling, but I think proud and true is like a, a somewhat lighter, uh, somewhat lighter Yingling in it's terms like, of like, I got you. Fanciness. I got you. Yeah. Interesting. Very good. Um, I am drinking, this is a premium hard seltzer from Punky Buddha. Oh. This is the lush key lime cherry flavor. Ooh. It's, um, not great. Okay. <laughs> But we'll, I like uh, that you're being honest, because up until that point, like I was the, sold. the the flavor you want the flavor to be really good, and it's just not as good as you want it to be. No, I I'm I like a lime cherry situation. Sure. So maybe I'm just disappointed. But um, the orange they have like a blood orange in the pack, and there's a grapefruit that's really good. The blood orange is really good. The grapefruit is good. Um, and there's like some sort of mango, pineapple or something that was okay, but. Yeah, these were the ones that were left. I was like, you know, we're potting. Let's have the seltzer, yeah. you know? <laughs> seltzer <Pump> is. <laughs> Anyhow. Mega episode. All right. Exactly. Mega episode for sure. And we need to get into it. Any other updates from Rocktown? Anybody got anything to say? No. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, happy fall. Happy week, post week one of College Football. Oh, a new, happy happy uh, Labor Day, you know? Hold on. Speaking of Rocktown, Jordan, there's a new falafel place in Rockdown. Oh. Falafel Incorporated. Falafel. Is it a truck or a no, storefront? It's a, it's a storefront. Where is you this? You guys had an Over... old falafel place? No, we we did we I don't believe we have a falafel place. I would love that. Oh, okay. You so said like a new falafel place. No, like, ah, like, no. I didn't you mean, did not mean old replacement one. falafel place. I just yeah. mean, you yeah. can't swing a dead cat around by its tail without slapping into a falafel place <laughs> around this part, you know what I'm saying? Um it's in the shopping that Mr. Sato's is in. Oh. Like okay. uh Old where McAllister's used to be. Yeah, gotcha. Oh, um, right around right in that same wall. Yeah, McAllister's is out. Yeah, R.I.P. McAllister's. They left town. They've been gone How for long? about a year. Hmm. COVID yeah. did them in. But oh um, yeah, so it's this place, Falafel Inc. They it's like a mini chain, like the same size chain as Jack Brown's. There's like ten locations, and if you look at the cities, it's like. Paris, London, Washington, D.C., New York, Los Angeles, <laughs> Chicago, Georgetown, Harrisonburg. <laughs> okay. So I'm not really sure what's going on, but it's... Just riding it's, 81 down the globe. 
Yeah, I it's gotcha. very it's very good, and uh, like a percentage <laughs> of all profits go to refugees. It's just wildly wholesome. Okay, so I have to check that out. Recommended. Very cheap guys, too. I had lunch for seven hours. In on, you're in on falafel, eh? I like making falafel. Be. It's 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 very it's very chickpea heavy, isn't it? It's I'll, pretty much I'll made take of chickpeas. A peek at the menu. It's like a it's yeah, like a chickpea hush puppy. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna need to be really, really good. Like, we're, uh, it's gonna need to have some delicious sauces. Do they have delicious sauces? They have. They have. Yeah, they have. They have a white sauce. They have a garlic sauce. They have a lot of them. Nothing. Have, nothing like a nice deep fried, you know, chickpea to really awaken the echoes. It's, you know it's kind of tasty. And this is me. <laughs> no, saying, it is tasty. There's, there's a no, reason people like falafel. I mean, believe I, it or not, there is I, no I meat served at the restaurant. No, I totally believe it. It's because chickpeas are a complete protein grain, bro. Preach on it. They have uh, they have um, shawarma, but it's vegan shawarma. Can you bring in your own like gyro <laughs> cauldron and shave your own gyro meat it's into like, the shawarma? You, <laughs> you mind if I bring this here? We're good. I've got a vertical log of pork and uh, lamb and beef that I've been cooking for seven straight days uh, from the outside in. All right, that sounds good. Excited for you guys. Um, See if they want to sponsor the pod. Why not? But yeah. uh, get it moving. So we got a little bit of news this week. Um, our sweet prince, Randy Edsel, announced long may earlier he rain. This, Yeah, long may he rain. Uh, announced earlier this week that he would be stepping down at the end of the year from UConn. UConn, by the way, lost at the hands of someone terrible and not good, I Was think. Was it Holy Cross? It might have been. Right. It might have been Holy Cross, <laughs> yes. Um, so anyhow, they went ahead and... Just they got just out ahead of the band coaching off. Yeah, just ripped the band-aid off. Randy Edsel will not be coaching the rest of this year. I guess they wanted to get in line for, um, you know, probably for when Urban Meyer is done after eight weeks in Jacksonville. I think UConn's going to probably come calling there. So we'll see what happens at UConn. Um, they are – that cannot be a destination job. Major disrepair. You'd, you'd be surprised how many coaches have Northeast connections. It's weird. Sure. But like that program seems like it's just been like, oh no, been yeah, it's not horrific. a good, it's not a good idea. They but they didn't even play last year, and they've been extra horrific of late. Um, I mean, I think they brought Edsel back to like you know bring some normalcy to the program. He was there the one time that they were kind of good. Anyhow, I think haven't they like teetered on like the brink of like maybe just disbanding the program at times there i mean or, or moving down to fcs i feel like i've heard that me. yeah there's been there's been um, talk of fcs there's been talk of pretty much everything because yeah what, just, what conference are they in are they in a conference are they independent they, they might, might be, independent. be independent i think they're independent all right I think yeah they're independent, they're independent. <laughs> good work okay so they're independent um i can't really imagine so is randy they... etzel right now <laughs> hey now that's right that's right living the high life but uh, yeah, so UConn first job open on the carousel. We'll keep an eye on that. Maybe they could be... uh, follow the pattern of rehiring people and bring Bob Diaco back home to look super oh, handsome in a sweater again. <laughs> sweater vest. He's got like he's like got the updated Tommy Tuberville look. It's yeah. like uh, you know just like modern modern it's, but Tuberville. It's much more J Crew than Tommy Tuberville ever was. Yeah, Tuberville and Malzahn kind of have the sort of frumpy frumpy sweater vest going. Yeah, but. Anyhow, um, we'll keep it moving here. All right, yeah, so fun. You guys you guys get a chance to consume some college football. It was great. It was great to have yeah, a full day a of it. Bit. Did yeah. some consuming in between boat rides and getting tan at the lake. Oh, that's right. 
but you know. Wow. 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 As we often do, we're going to start with the Dukes. Jason, give us 15 seconds on the Dukes. How are they looking? Uh, the Dukes the Dukes handled their business. Uh, they came out a little slow in the first game against Moorhead State. Uh, Coach Dignetti was displeased with the first half effort. Uh, and Time! Dukes... That is enough on the Dukes. They won 76-0 to zero or something like that. So go 62 Dukes. 62-10. It was a good game. 62-10. Thank you. All right. We'll catch up with them when they actually play someone. Of note, that's not Shout true. Out. You will not. <laughs> no, they have, a, no, they have a big. No. They have a big uh, non-conference game this year, don't they? Like, yeah, out we, of go to, we, we go to Weber State in two weeks. Yeah, Weber State. So we'll check in oh, on yeah. the Dukes in two weeks yeah. when they check on the fighting Weavers. All right, um, <laughs> Weber State. What are they? The fighting Peter Weavers, right? The Bears. Are they the Bears? They should be the Grills because that would be awesome. It's, it's not the Bears, but it's, it's another very common. We play actually three of these mascots in three consecutive weeks. Tigers. Black Bears. No. Bobcats. Oh, we do play the main Black Bears this week. Oh. <laughs> um, they share their mascot with both New Hampshire and Villanova. Wildcats. Wildcats. Yep. Mm. So, you knew it had to be some sort of feral cat the situation. Wild Gatos. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So uh, kind of a fun slate. Um, definitely a lot of uh, upset-minded programs this weekend. So, uh, I mean, we had games all over the map. Not a great showing for the pack. 10, 12, whatever they are. Um, or the ACC, to be honest. Or the ACC also, for sure. But uh, we'll run it down real quick. Um, probably the most notable of these games outside, well, we can start with Washington lost to Montana, which is pretty wild. Yeah, that just happened. FCS football had a had a week. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, we can, in, in order of, you know, I guess magnitude to us, Tulane nearly edged Oklahoma and was driving with the ball and a chance to win. And I felt so bad for the quarterback, but gets flushed out of the pocket. It's fourth and like 11 and he dives and he makes it like 10 and a half yards on fourth and 11 and they, they get turnover on downs, but they had the ball and they were, you know, driving. There was like a minute, something left. They, uh, you know, minute, might've had a show, but that game was like 40 to 35 um shocking to us all that oklahoma is playing bad defense and not tackling well i know we didn't expect that but uh i don't know oklahoma will probably be fine but definitely a fun early season well, thing what? uh tulane went up early and then oklahoma came back and then tulane almost tulane, came back. and then tulane almost came back yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah so it's pretty interesting oregon escaped uh fresno a frisky fresno squad Kevon thibodeau did go down with a uh Kind of an early ankle ankle sprain, I believe, is what they're calling it now. So I don't think he's going to play this week. They play Ohio State, right? Right. Uh, Vandy got absolutely manhandled by Eastern Tennessee State. I don't know why I put my initials at the end of that. Lane, was that <laughs> Lane University? I, sorry, I saw that and I was like, just literally. It, it must have been like a stray cursor thing yeah, or something. Latter day Waterford. Yeah. <laughs> okay. you know. um, Washington State lost to Utah State. And Georgia Tech, lastly, paid $1.1 million to get beat by your, uh, your, your, your sweet Mac boys, Northern Illinois, the Huskies. So. Uh, Jeff Collins, welcome to Hot Seatville, USA. Eh? What do you yeah, think? That uh, that was the game that killed my my nineteen game oh, parlay. No, died died a painful death in Atlanta that night. So I will fight Jeff Collins at any Waffle House in the South. Um, no, that that was an exciting finish to the game. Honestly, like I I watched the last. 
10, 15 minutes out or so. Georgia Tech took a late lead, gave it right back. Uh, well, actually, they didn't give up the lead. They gave up a drive. Northern Illinois scored to cut it to 21-20 with 38 seconds left, and they went for two and the win on the road. They got it. Love then it. they went to the video board to review whether the two-point catch actually was a catch or not. And it was clearly one of those, like, regardless of what the call on the field was, it was going to stand. And they yeah. they called it good on the field, so that's what yes. it was. Um, but, you know, get get the yips out early, I guess, in, in terms of the big 20-game 20, 20 bangers. 20-game <laughs> Um Listen, I'm all in on on uh, on Jeff Collins getting fired because I think that paves a, a clear path for him to be reunited with Dan Mullen at Florida, <laughs> calling him calling some defensive plays. I think it's a good rehab stint for him. Right. Um, Grantham can take his rightful place at the throne. Colin plays for the Hokies, really, which is where he <laughs> or for Georgia Tech if he wants. You could just yeah, do a straight up trade, maybe some cool, cash cool considerations. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Anyhow, coordinator um, to be named later. Yes. Yes. But. Uh, uh, that's all good. Um, yeah, let's get into some other games. I guess just for the for the week that was that we were keeping an eye on. Boise UCF was on Thursday. Uh, watch this. Boise jumped out to a twenty-one nothing lead, and I think was also up twenty-eight to seven in this game. And UCF comes storming all the way back. Um, listen, I went to bed at halftime, <laughs> and I was riding high on my things are looking pretty Malzani in Orlando. Take okay. Uh, we found we found several variables on how to adjective Malzahn. Yes, yes. Malzahnish. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, Malzanitas out there for you Spanish speakers <laughs> out there, little Malzans. But uh, I don't know. I mean, Boise. I think it was a little bit of a mirage that they were up. Uh, UCF got the ball first thing and went straight down the field and then threw one of the worst pick sixes you're going to ever see in your life. Um, which like had to have been some sort of Dylan Gabriel like brain fart because yeah, he, I mean, he just it was like a four yard pass and all he had to do was shot put it over the defender's head who was not really even in position to make a play and he just threw the ball right to the defender like he could have handed the ball to the defender. Do you know what the, do you know then, what the first thing I thought of when I saw that pass? No, that that putt I hit in Florida where I just stood over it and just panicked and like basically smacked it off the green. Yeah, right. Like that was yeah, it. Right. He just like full, just like I don't remember how to do this, and <laughs> threw it to brother man. Just like muscle he's all playing muscle. a different sport. Yep. Right, and then brother man ran it all the way back for a touchdown, yeah. and I thought he was going to have a heart attack. He I mean, immediately that guy went was, to his knees. And just... That guy was like on the forty, and he was gassed, and he had a long way to go <laughs> to get it in there. It's a good thing he had a convoy, but um, yeah, and then you know Boise State punched the ball in. You know Boise State don't just—they're not like dynamic enough to really like probably step on any team's throat, but. Uh, they look just as good as Boise State typically is. Um, I think UCF is more talented, and I, they probably got some of the yips out in the first half there and, yep. and moved it along. It was I, a good game. I blame it on the the weather delay, honestly. Like that's true. There was like a two hour weather. I delay. I think if too, they right? start on time, the bounce house is probably bouncing from the jump, and Boise State doesn't really have a lot of a lot of room to to surprise or to. To capitalize yeah. on some sluggishness. So. I think that's right. And I mean, shout out to shout out to UCF for kind of like keeping it together and not panicking. Yeah. Um, get back in the game. They certainly have the quarterback and, and probably the wherewithal to do that. It um, must be said. But I do think that Malzahn's play calling is fairly sus uh, most of the time. But he just looks like he's having the time of his life, man. Oh, he's back to he, calling the plays too. He rolled you know? in. He's, he rolled in as a presser this week in a Hawaiian shirt. Like he's just <laughs> living. 
Hey, listen, when you've lived in Auburn, Alabama for a long time and just gotten beaten down by that, by that fan base, you know Orlando seems like freaking paradise. It's true. Oh, yeah. He, he gets that to go freaking, to Disney whenever he wants. That dude. freaking parking lot of a city. He's drinking at Epcot Orlando. right now, probably. You know, he's, you know he's got a pontoon boat. Oh, Several. Yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> he's got he a, he's strikes got a, me as a guy who's got like his weekday pontoon yeah. and then his weekend that's, pontoon. That's Admiral Malzahn he's for sure. A, he's got an armada. Arm, yep. The Malzahn armada. All right, we'll move it on to another um, just absolute barn burner of a game we all loved watching on Friday. That was North Carolina <laughs> at VPI. The group text um, got dark in this game. Well, I mean. Not any darker than it a, usually gets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yet again, we've done this thing with North Carolina where we like can name their starting quarterback, so therefore we think they're going to be really good. We do this yeah. with a lot of teams. We call like, this. oh, UCLA, yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, right? Yeah, sure, we can name the quarterback. He's coming back. Yeah, should be top good. 10 them. Uh, <laughs> but North Carolina, I mean, I think all the signs were there for them to probably take a step back from where they were last year. I also think North Carolina's done this a couple years in a row where they've come out and laid some eggs in their first game of the year. Um, they did it again. I don't want to take anything away from Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech's defensive line seemed to kind of dominate that game. Yeah. Uh, pushed around North Carolina. It looked like a really fun atmosphere in Blacksburg, so shout out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this was a, a hideous football game. It was like 17 to 10, gross. Not a whole lot going on. Yeah. Didn't love it. No, I mean, I think, like, absolutely give credit to Virginia Tech. They came in with the right game plan. They stuck to it. They executed it to perfection yeah. and got – got the dub like Burmeister didn't I don't think he had 20 pass attempts like the the yeah. plan of attack was very clear um and the game like yeah UNC is for the past couple of years has been and still is like a pretty soft finesse football program like when it when it comes down to it like they yeah. they will beat teams they are more talented than but if the talent margin starts to shrink then if if their opponent or they have to play a like, really physical team yeah. yeah if their opponent is physical and disciplined like a UVA like a Virginia Tech like a pit at times they will struggle with that because they do not take punches well and they don't really deliver them either so i think right. that's like that's more of a like culture pro- problem than it is a Jimmy's and Joe's deal but it's worth so um I'm looking at the EPA stats for this game. Yeah. Uh, both teams famously negative EPA per play in this game. Right, which is um, not great. But, so famously. On, pass, on pass plays, Virginia Tech had uh, 2.9 EPA for the game, uh, meaning three points expected, basically. And UNC had negative 16 on pass plays, whereas wild. UNC had – six and a quarter EPA on rush plays and Virginia Tech had negative 3.75. Yeah. So it was just a weird football game and not wildly enjoyable in any way, shape or form. No, no. And, and that's okay. Um, I do, I would like to pull uh, pose a question to you guys. Is, are, is, are there members in Virginia Tech's fan base who are in the McIlwain zone? Like where I was, where, <laughs> Like, is he as where, is where basically uh, is, big wins depress them because yes. it means they'll stay? Yeah, like take away from take yeah. away from the momentum that was building to get a different coach. Like, would they rather just have a different coach, or yeah. are they open to things working out? Like, I and I'm not I'm not saying work out like 
if they go 12 and 0, of course you're open to sure. them going 12 and 0, right? I'm saying, are they open to being are they opposed to an eight and four, an eight and four team right. with with a coach that they maybe isn't a great culture fit and they don't really like and yeah. maybe is shopping around for different jobs at all times? Like, I just don't. I I, I wonder. Not that McElwain was doing that, but. I, I was at a point with McElwain where I was like openly rooting for Florida to lose football games yeah, because I, I needed clear. I needed to be done for the better right. health of the organization. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. Um, I I don't think I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's. I think there are probably some, but I don't sure. think there's anywhere. I don't think. Yeah. If we're if we're dubbing it the McElwain zone, I don't think there's <laughs> that there's that number of people. I think. Okay. It's it's kind of just an uncomfortable marriage for the moment, and they're like, well, sure. we'll like. If it works, it works, but like we're we're ready if it doesn't. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to putting other coaches in the McElwain zone moving forward. Cause I think I that's think a unique, I, first of all, I like it's, that a, it's a very it's a very college football, like I also think, college football zone. And this is gonna sound super bad. And we there are good friends of the podcast who are Virginia Tech football fans, so please know that I'm not talking about you. I think well, maybe. by and by and large, <laughs> on average. <laughs> Florida fans are more in tune with the rest of college football than Virginia Tech fans. Oh, like, 100%. Like when, when McElwain started going and you started putting him in the McElwain zone, you had like four head coaches picked out. Like I want one of these guys. Yeah, to be fair, I think Florida's expectations of who they can hire at coach are are a peg above Virginia Tech. Certainly. And in, in general, again, in a more reasonable manner. Yeah, yeah, yes, sure. But I also – like, but, but like I there are targets – like listen, like every – Every AD or fan base worth their salt has targets. Like, Jay, yes. we have targets. If coach really like, it's like where there's always a list. And so, I think Florida fans and SEC fans and college football powerhouse fans in general, Ohio State, whomever, have that list. I don't know the Virginia Tech, except for the super fans, have that list. So I think I think that has something to do with it. Is I think, I think, fans like you, Florida fans have a, a better grasp of what could be. Sure. Which goes into it in addition to the we're not happy now with what we have. Yeah, if you if you have a more clear picture of what the future could look like, right. then you're more willing to move on from the present. Exactly. Well and I'm yeah, exactly. I'm sure Virginia Tech's like view of things is a little bit stunted just because they had a successful run under a coach for forever. Just I mean it's sort of like Florida State fans, right? You have Bobby Bowden there for forever. Yeah. It got really weird at the end with Bobby Bowden when they kind of like had a head coach in waiting and then sort of forced him out. And then it was like, oh, what's going on? And then it's like quasi, you, know, you can't like fire Bobby Bowden, right? You know, but, you know, Florida State still hasn't really, I don't, I mean, they, I guess they won a national championship under Jimbo and, and things went, were going okay there for a while. But I don't know. It still seems like that was maybe uh, an aberration more than it was like uh, uh, Florida State being where they were supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I'm, I'm just kind fair. of bowling a little bit here but i do think that that can when you haven't had like like since i've been a florida fan i had most of the spurrier run in my childhood absolute childhood then we had ron zook which was wild right <laughs> then we had urban meyer which was wild for different reasons and then i've different. sat through i've sat through will muschamp who came in to quote unquote clean up the program because you know urban Meyer had a bunch of thugs running around out there and and then you know now we and then we did the McElwain thing and so I've had a lot of coaches so it's like I I think that that just maybe adds a little bit like you were saying Jason maybe a little bit more like perspective yeah. um, but things can get weird you hire the wrong guy and it really sets you back and then you're kind of scrambling again so anyhow I, that that's an interesting conversation glad we're having it I just was curious if uh, what the temperature was if we knew anything some of the the Virginia Tech fans 
that I know and follow. I haven't been tweeting as much about Virginia Tech football of late, and that might be part of what we're talking about. So apathy. All right, let's keep it moving. LSU and UCLA, this one was fun. Someone else talk. I've been talking too much. Uh, yeah, I watched bits and pieces of this uh, and was shocked, honestly, at how competent UCLA looked. They looked so fast, especially on offense. Yeah. Like, much faster than LSU's defense. And I don't know, of course, because I don't follow either of these programs super closely, but I don't know how much of that was the offense creating mismatches and it looked worse on TV than if the correct guy was guarding those people or if it's just a talent issue. But either way, that's really concerning for LSU when you mm-hmm. really couldn't adjust to it and overcome it. Um, I think, like, looking at UCLA's schedule, they could be very well undefeated going into the USC game um, late Ooh. October. Which, which could Awaken be fun. Like, yeah, I, I welcome sure. having meaningful Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-11 football uh, on on the table, on the landscape. But, yeah, I, like, I started meaningful, thinking about this. alliance football, George. Yeah, well, yeah, some 41. <laughs> we, we take care of our own. Some 41. <laughs> um, I think, like, I was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, why why is UCLA suddenly good? And I kind of joked that, you know, this is their first season as a Team Jordan school, and uh, they're wearing the jump man now, and that's got to count for something. But do you remember I, – I may be misremembering this just because it fits my funny narrative, but when Chip Kelly was, like, down to Florida or UCLA – and people were like, no, he won't go to UCLA because he's got a Nike deal. And like they're an Under Armour school. Like, what if he what if he just sabotaged, like he just, you know, kind of put it on cruise control until the logo switched over. And he's like, All right, he Phil. All right, Phil. I'm back, to, I'm back to being a good soldier. We're we're gonna we're gonna make the Beaverton boys happy once again. Just a thought. I, love I, mean, I love this plan. Yeah. I Whatever. think that would be yeah, that would be pretty wild. Um, but hey, I'm into it. Yeah, I, I, um, Jordan, like you, I too was, um, astonished with how I, I don't want to say competent, but I mean, competence is a good word, but just like UCLA did not look like they didn't belong with LSU in any way. Like they ran the ball at LSU. They, they were, actually, yeah, they were clearly they, the better team. They, yes, they threw the ball. I mean, yeah, they beat their ass and like they threw the ball better than LSU. They, they, um, kept getting that tight end open over the middle, yeah. which was got to be concerning for LSU. Um, I, I think, too, like maybe we kind of for, I, I think that the 2019 LSU season is still making us think that that was like LSU's normal. Yeah, it's and still that, buying. Like, isn't their normal? They were five and five last year. The year before that, they were 10 and three. They were nine and four, eight and four, nine and three, eight and five, 10 and three. Like they have not been. At 15 and they were 15 and 0 in 2019 okay and they were one of the best teams any of us has ever ever seen and that is 100 true but like what is also true is that they haven't been alabama except for right. one year when they were better than alabama <laughs> so it's kind of like i i think we do extend a lot of benefit of the doubt to lsu to sec schools in general because of sec-ness which is fine um and true but uh yeah i was you know shout out to ucla shout out to um, it was cool to see, I think Chip Kelly kind of like 
they interviewed him after the game and he seemed like relieved um in a way but I, I i don't know it was kind of cool to see like a chip kelly team in their bag a little bit again he was doing weird stuff it wasn't it all like spread. he was having fun they which is yeah good they had a lot of like they're bringing in a lot of like 13 personnel running like one back three tight end like weird like high school formations and getting like a whole bunch of flow going one way and then doing throwbacks and like i don't know it was it was neat to see um like him maybe kind of innovating again when he was like Mr. Spread innovator guy a few years ago. And now it's like, Oh look, he's doing, he's almost like unspreading a little bit and running the ball straight down LSU's throat. Um, pretty impressive. I was, I thought it was a really good performance for UCLA. Yeah. Jason, did you catch any of this? I didn't, but by, I mean, even before you guys raved about them, it, it just seemed like, UCLA was startlingly competent and like yeah. looking concerningly like a Chip Kelly team is supposed to look. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, you know, you talked about, I'm very here for a, a relevant Chip Kelly team. Yeah. Right. Give me, and I, give I me something yeah. interesting to stay up late for. Right. Probably don't want to like completely overreact in either direction to a week one game, but LSU would appear to have questions at the quarterback position again. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I, I just don't know how you solve those. Um, because Joe Burrow ain't walking through that door, you know what I'm saying? You feel That's me? True. Also, right. one final note on this game great uniform matchup on the field. Yeah, had for sure. Outer Blues, you had LSU doing their thing. It looked in the tremendous, white. always in the white. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of tremendous uniform matchup, we had, uh, the FAU Owls hoot hoot came to Gainesville, take on the Gators. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time here, but we do have guys, one of the best things in all of college football, and that is a fake quarterback controversy at the university of Florida. Um, there's a little bit of smoke there. I won't lie, but also there's no way that Alabama there, that they're going to roll a, a freshman quarterback out against Alabama in two weeks. So, well, his nickname can... is AR 15. So he, sh- you know, he he'll fill at home. He yeah. should be at home in, in Alabama and Florida for that matter. Um, Florida didn't look fantastic. They looked really sloppy. Love that. Love that in a week one game, get away with the win. A lot of really coachable moments. Um, had some highs. The defense had like seven or eight sacks. So shout out. Poor and Kosi Perry was absolutely under siege all day. Uh, defense got a little bit gashed. I continue to be befuddled as to why Florida with great defensive back talent plays such soft coverage. Um, it's clearly an alignment and a, and a, and a play calling thing. It's not like the, the players are doing that themselves, you know, like they're giving guys yeah. seven, yeah, seven yard cushions. Always just a little bit odd to me. Um, but if you guys haven't seen the highlights from uh, some of Anthony Richardson's shenanigans during the second half, um, he looks like the real deal. I mean, he he looks like he could looks be like a whole already. a whole lot of fun. Yeah, six four two forty. Kids from Gainesville looks like Cam Newton wears number fifteen. So I told you guys, I, I need a cigarette. It was it was too much for me. It was too much for me to to handle and to take in. But um, yeah, I mean, FAU is not great. Uh, but hey, fun fact: Willie Taggart's first game in Ben Hill Griffin's stadium because <laughs> he got fired before he got a chance to play there when he was FSU's coach. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, uh, Speaking yeah, of, I don't want to take too much of that. Speaking of, can we fit this knows. one in? We can fit this one in. Let's talk. This is probably sneaky. One of the most fun games of the weekend. Um, what was this? Sunday night? Was this Sunday night? Game? Monday it was night. Sunday night. Oh, oh, I thought it was, it was Monday. Yeah, it was, it was Sunday night. Cause we had, right. uh, Ole Miss on Ole Miss Monday. Was, that's Monday. right. That's right. Notre Dame at Florida State. Um, 
I mean, we just get it get it out of the way. Notre Dame escapes in overtime, kick a field yeah. goal, yeah. and win. Um, are Blue you guys an point lead? Blue an eighteen point lead. Um, I mean, what's the main takeaway here from you guys? Are you more concerned with Notre Dame or impressed with Florida State, uh, Jason? Uh, thanks for making me go first. As always, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome. I think probably more impressed with Florida State. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like sold on Notre Dame either. So it's as, sure. as this trap question befits. It is very much. <laughs> what do you both. think, Jason? Oh, you chose wrong. Why? Yeah. Why? Just thanks. Appreciate that. So both immediately. I'm curious um, as to why you chose it now. Uh, but no, I mean, I think like. And it was, there's some momentum on the side, like Notre Dame was collapsing and then the McKenzie Milton thing, yeah. which was wildly wholesome. Um, like For sure. all the momentum was on Florida State side, but I thought they executed fairly well down the stretch. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was. Well, they needed to implement a passing offense. They brought Milton in and right. damn, and they all of a sudden, they looked like they yep. were he was, competent. He was hitting 12 yard routes all over the field. And yeah, so that that's where it stems from is is when when they needed it, Florida State looked like a good team. It wasn't that, like, Notre Dame was just completely lost. It was just like, hey, Florida State's running guys open. Like, that's just what's happening. And yeah. um, so I, I don't think – was Notre Dame ranked now? Nine? No I'm idea. Uh, imagining probably. That. They should be in the 10 range, I would think. Um, yeah. Uh, so they were, they were mean, ranked nine at the start of the week. Now they are ranked eight, naturally. Because Notre Dame, uh, they're they're not the eighth best team in the country, um, but no. I think they're probably a top twenty team. And Florida State sure. at home, just stood stood toe to toe with them for the second half, and so yeah. I was, you know, I I can I can give some credit for that. Jordan, yeah. what do you think? I I think I lean more towards the side of being concerned about Notre Dame, just in terms of ability to close out opponents especially when you have them on the ropes like they did there in the fourth quarter um i think like i think herb street made the the point during that comeback like that you know a year ago florida state would have folded and this would not have been close like they would not have made this a game so i think you can sure. be you can be impressed and encouraged if you're a florida state fan but if you are Notre Dame, that should not happen. I know it's on the road, but like there, there was no, or I don't want to say no. There was a, a significant lack of execution of just being able to like, oh, we can run timeout. Like Jack Cohn yeah. was, he had a great game on on paper and his stats were great, but there in the fourth quarter, like when you need to extend drives and give your defense a breather because they all of a sudden can't stop anything and are not yeah. really making adjustments, which is also concerning. Um, he yes. he struggled to make some throws that he was maybe making in the first three quarters, um, which, from a senior, not ideal. I know it's a you know, new season, new program, new scenery, all that stuff. Um, but if, if I had to choose one or the other, I would be more of a concerned Notre Dame spectator. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I, I'm with you, Jordan. Um, the lack of adjustments on defense was startling to me. When like, I mean, we're just watching the game from the side view, and you can tell that Notre Dame has three defensive linemen, and they're just getting gashed repeatedly. When Florida State actually started running the ball like yep. up the middle, 
Um, that was odd. I mean, they didn't struggle to get pressure. I think whoever plays quarterback for Florida State, God, I mean, God bless that they have two of them because someone's going to get hurt behind that offensive line this year. But um, yeah, I think I don't want to be Stu Gotts here, but I, I do think that I shout out to Florida State. It was an impressive performance. Bobby Bowden just passed away a few weeks ago. Rest in peace. Um, a lot of emotion coming into that game. They they met Notre Dame well. I'd like to see them do it again. You know, I, I just yeah. I just would. I'd like to see Florida State play well uh, again and maybe take care of business against the team. Like, I think in a couple of weeks they have to go to Wake Forest. Like, that's a huge game for Florida State in my mind. Yeah. Uh, they should be should, they should be Wake Forest, but they have not been able to do that the past couple of years uh, for for those reasons. But yeah, I, th- I do think I'm more concerned with with Notre Dame. Um, yeah, it just seemed they seemed kind of uh, like there was no continuity with the play calling. It seemed very random and all over the place. And uh, yeah, the defense was uh, just the defense's inability to sort of change and adapt and stop the run. Um, that three three five probably isn't going to fly long term. Um, so they're going to need to figure, or they're going to need to beef it up in the middle, figure something out there. So anyhow, all right, let's get on to some games in which we uh, we picked Jordan. How did we do? How was how how did we do week one? And uh, yeah, what do we need to chat about? You no, know, for week one, not a bad showing, guys. All things considered, yeah. great. Uh, let's see. We had uh, Logan. Well, Logan, you went three and two. Jason, you went two and three. I went four and one. Whoa! So, nobody, nobody got a golden sombrero in either direction um <laughs> we we filled all the other numbers out for the most part so uh yeah we'll start with the uh did we have a nooner yeah it was penn state wisconsin yeah. was the nooner um, brunch kick Br- local brunch local kick yeah mm. i only watched the first half of this was Putrid. mortified at yeah. wisconsin's <laughs> anemic offense and like i I don't understand how how you can joyously show up to watch that kind of game week in and week out. Like I, I think I, mean, I know why you. they drink so much in Wisconsin. Hey, there it is. Allegedly. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. It was it was gross. I hated it. Um, I mean, we also had it's not like Penn State was exactly, you know, they weren't setting, setting the world, the world a, a fire either. Um, it appears that Wisconsin may have chosen the wrong quarterback and let the good one go to Notre Dame um but you know whatever what are you what are you gonna do and, and well it's in, a circle of life like they benefited, they benefited right. when nc state did that and got russell wilson for a year so now it's their True. turn to to pay it backwards yeah. i think joey stocko is not walking through that door you know and so that's, that's what i often say so yeah i don't i mean jim sorgi also not walking through that door we, we, we keep doing this but uh yeah I, I don't really have anything to say disappointed i guess in in wisconsin like you said jordan just like inability to like try to do anything different to get the offense going. Um, I know they sort of are who they are, but damn, I mean, do something. It's kind of like that meme. Real Paul Christie first half. Like that meme where you're like poking the stick. It's like, is he dead? Do something. <laughs> do <Yeah>. something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jason, you, you said had, you watched the thanks. second half of this game? Yeah, I watched the second half. I was in the press box already, and I found it, like, mildly enjoyable. Like, they were trading wow. some punches and stuff like that. There were and, points. Yeah, we had some points. Like, a 16 to 10 half is, you know, there's been worse halves. There's been better halves, but yeah, it was mildly enjoyable. And I remember being like, yeah. I'm really glad I 
skipped the first 30 minutes as the teams did as well. So yeah. you were you were the fortunate among yeah. us. Yeah, it was good. We were all, all right. wrong, so you know. Yeah. Uh Alabama Miami was next at 3 30 p.m. I don't had think smoker, I the had the smoker rolling, had some people over, um, and uh, oh, this gosh, game. We got barbecue. We got uh, to run that. We'll have to diverge here. Uh, we can talk about that instead of this game because yeah. uh, Alabama um, whooped no. some. Alabama whooped some. I, you guys did the thing where you said you weren't going to overthink it, and I, <laughs> I very much overthought it. Um, uh, I saw just one stat I want to let you guys in on to sum up the game. Alabama was up 27 to nothing before Miami got across midfield. That's correct. This game. Uh, just an absolutely detestable play calling performance by the Miami coaching staff. I think they kicked a field goal. They did one of those sad field goals where it was like 30 to nothing. You got to get the field, skunk they, off the boat, they man. The field goal, yes, they kicked a field goal to make it like 30 to three or some BS like that. You're, first of all, you're never going to backdoor cover that way. Second of all, like just like, how like what kind of weird conservative approach is this like you're just trying not to get completely blown out i mean you 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 guys are getting stomped anyhow it was bad uh you know alabama looks great and shout out alabama's quarterback bryce young looks like he is they have another one so congratulations congratulations to them my man stands there in the pocket gets pressure in his face and is just delivering passes over the top so poised, looks really good. They got receivers, they got running backs, they got linemen. So congratulations, Alabama. But yeah, I mean, Miami, they like to beat their chest and and you know, do they're gonna need to really kind of like strap up here because North Carolina doesn't look very good and Miami still has a lot to play for, but uh they're not close. That so that's that's all. That's all I have. I the barbecue was the barbecue was good though. Case you're wondering, that's good. That's good. You did, a, you did a, a pork butt and ribs, right? Yeah, did some ribs. Did pork butt. Uh, the ribs were good. Probably could let them stay on a touch longer, but I pulled them off when I was told to, and they looked good, yeah. uh, and they were good. Um, the pork butt was good. I always get a little antsy towards the end with the pork butt. That last yeah. like two hours, like seems to like like take forever. Yeah. Um, it goes from like 190 to 197 in an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It kind of stalls like a brisket, but stalls for like five hours and you're like, yeah. hmm, what's going on in there? But, uh, it was good. It was really good. I made good. some, uh, I made some Rodney. I found the Rodney Scott sauce recipe, made a couple batches of that. Yeah. So really, really good stuff. Love it. Strong. And we had cheese grits, cheese grits, Ooh. a little bit of a uh, little bit of pulled pork on there. Some pickled red onions, yeah. bread and butter pickle. V strong, V strong. All right, let's move it on. Speaking of uh, pulled pork, Indiana at Iowa. <laughs> uh, Iowa, Iowa, they 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 lit it up, right? They got after it. They, they delivered. They delivered the hands. <laughs> I think Iowa might be this year's Wisconsin, guys. I think Iowa might be this year's Wisconsin. There you go. Maybe. Yeah, I. I mean, this was another one I didn't really catch much of because I was focused on the next game on our list but um good for iowa i i'm a little sad for indiana because when indiana is good and fun it is also fun for the internet in general um <laughs> sure doesn't doesn't look like we'll maybe have a nine windiana this year which you know we we've experienced that before so it'll be okay we know how to survive that yeah did, uh did michael Penix jr make it through this game unscathed 
I think he did, but I think, I mean, I I think Iowa's defense is really good, and they played really well. It was a strong performance for them. Um, They had had two pick sixes, I think. Yeah. We call that the double Georgia. That's the double Georgia. Or the Alabama. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. They were they they were good. We'll see. Big week coming up for Iowa. This is true. We'll we'll touch on that later. Uh, in the four thirty slot, we had Louisiana at Texas. Boys, Texas looked above average Ooh. on schedule. It's because they have a great coach. Some members of this they have a great coach, tell, as I foretold. <laughs> their listen, their quarterback. I was very impressed with the young man. Hudson Card is his name, which is incredible, a, incredible Texas quarterback. Feels Big like time. he's due to Georgia. transfer to Georgia. In a yes, yes. he'll be getting snaps for Georgia after they botch another five-star quarterback situation there, and they all transfer away <laughs> in the same offseason. He he was making some throws though, like yeah. fitting it in tight windows in the red zone. I was impressed, thoroughly impressed. And the other note I had was that just like Texas in general looked very confident in the plays they were making, the assignments that they kept, like it was it was very much not a, oh, this is our first game in a new system with new coaches and we're still like trying the scheme on and figuring out how it fits me and how I fit into this. Like they just looked like they were out there playing ball and a well-oiled machine, which I was impressed with. I'm I'm feeling good about naming them my value pick for for the conference championship because spencer rattler is obviously you know not cut out for this stuff according to the message boards right uh yeah i I actually kind of forgot what happened here um in this game 20 38 to 18 substantial victory for the longhorns yeah it it wasn't like it wasn't ever a blowout but it was Right, not really uncomfortable for them at all either. Yeah, that's cool. All right, well, we'll keep an eye. We'll we'll keep our eyes on Texas because Oklahoma looks beatable at this point, and you got to think Texas or maybe if Iowa State is actually good, Iowa State are your uh, your likely candidates there to take down the Sooners. All right, so what we got? One more game. Georgia Clemson. The big ugh, gross. This was like compelling in that like weird way that like sometimes super low scoring games are like it just seemed like a, a real heavyweight fight kind of game. Georgia seemed better, um, but just kind of like weird. <laughs> like yeah. Georgia seemed to do more, but also at the same time did exactly the same amount on offense that Clemson did, which was nothing. Almost did less all. with more. Which was, yeah, generate three uh, three total points. I know UGA was missing a lot of weapons on offense. We were definitely reminded of that throughout the broadcast. We get it. They also um, missed another field goal that they had to take from one of the Duke's mayonnaise logos. So okay. if, you, if you're into that thing, there's some slippery logo surface. <laughs> I, I simplify <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, this, it was, uh, I mean, the, the, my main takeaway here was just that Georgia's defense is, like, fun to watch, and I, I yeah. it pains me to say, but, like, rarely is a defense, like, usually, like, defense can be good. Some of those Alabama defenses were kind of like this, where they had, like, really great pass rushers, super disruptive defensive line, and then, like, just linebackers that were just flying around, killing dudes. Like, that's what Georgia looks like right now. I saw, was it 
Spencer Hall tweeted that like, I like watching Georgia's defense because it's like what happens when you throw a tennis ball into a busy dog park. And it's just like, like all these dogs, like just jumping at the same thing. Just like they, uh, what he, I heard him today on, you know, shout out to the full cast, breaking into the Le- Levitard universe. But I heard, I heard them today on there uh, just like saying like Georgia's defense would be like the ultimate team at tag. Like they're just so fast side to side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's like overwhelming. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. mean, I, when I, so I was the only one that picked Clemson, and I said I did it because I thought Clemson's defense would stand up, and I was pretty, pretty happy yeah, with that. You are, and, you were not and, wrong, <laughs> and they did, and I, I, wildly underestimated Georgia's defense and how, yeah, basically good they were, at, I mean, going sideline to sideline, and they they bottled everything up. There was just nothing there. They were just, but just it just seems like if you got to like third and six, you had no chance. Yeah, it was, like was just third, was and, it was like third and five, and it was like you were going to have two and a half seconds of drop back before somebody got to you, and there's no chance anybody gets open in those two and a half seconds. So, yeah, and yeah. so Logan, I saw your kind of questions there in the notes about offensive approaches from from each side. I think Clemson helped Georgia out a little bit in yeah. some of the things they did offensively. Like, I personally thought they just dropped DJ straight back way too often uh, and did not move the pocket around enough for him. Um, he's he's going to be great. He's he's very yeah. good already. But, like, he, he seemed to do kind of the young quarterback thing still of I'm going to take the snap and I'm going to just focus on one side. And it ultimately burned him on the pick six because he just stared that receiver stared down, down right? the entire yeah. time. But there were not – a ton of opportunities of him like rolling the pocket one way and giving him an option to tuck and run or throw if it's there. I thought they should have ran more design quarterback runs for him uh, just to make that something Georgia had to think about on defense. But uh, yeah, Clemson, Clemson seems to, over the last couple of years, they like ramp the quarterback runs up toward the end yes. of the year. Um, and I think it would have benefited them to break that pattern and run DJ often from the start in this game. Um, yeah. But, you know. I mean, like like we said, neither of these teams had to win this game right. for us to think that they're still really good, right? Like, I think, you know, we we all think Clemson's still going to be really good. I, I mean, I, I guess I would say maybe you have some more questions about Clemson now because they don't seem to be quite as dynamic on – uh offense as they have been they also don't have an otherworldly quarterback like they have the last you know five versions of clemson and he might get there but he's not there right now right, right. so um you know that's that that's going to be uh you know it's going to be interesting to see how clemson grows throughout the season you know like i've said i find sometimes their offense a little simplistic and you know they're not going to play a better defense than they played this week um and you know got to think they're just going to get better so uh we'll see how that goes. I'm interested to see if Georgia, how if Georgia is able to open it up a little bit on offense against maybe a, a lesser defense. I mean, we've we've seen Georgia like play with their food a little bit in the in recent years. I mean, I think they they played a game against Kentucky. Was it Kentucky last year? They won like yeah. 14 to seven or something. And we were all sitting here like, is Kentucky about to be Georgia? Like this is really weird. But then you watch the game, and it was one of those things like never seemed close. But you know. One one play happened and Kentucky all of a sudden is within seven. I I don't know. Like Jordan, like we talked about, as as UVA basketball fans, we know how this goes sometimes. When you sort of 
put all your eggs in yeah you you put all your eggs in that basket and you really hope um that it's really good but for for now i think it's going to be good enough for georgia to keep it keep it moving that defense is wild yeah fun to watch offense not so much but uh i don't think like there there's no incentive for them to try and go out and score 40 points a game when the defense is that good you just manage the game on offense seems to be the kirby smart way of thinking right now and todd munkin the offensive coordinator he's not necessarily like an offensive innovator spent a lot of time in the nfl he's not gonna gonna blow your pants off with any exciting formations or or uh just game plans in general that i'm aware of feel free to surprise me todd but listen, yeah, I, I'd love to be surprised by a Georgia offense. Because they've got the talent for it. Yeah. And I mean, I, there was people were really high coming into the year on the quarterback. I mean, I, I think I'm a little less high on him now. I think he's good. I think he's very serviceable in his role as Georgia quarterback. Yeah. I don't think that he's, you know, Justin Fields. Yeah, but I don't I think Georgia. I don't think Georgia demands of their quarterbacks to be Justin Fields. Nor do I think Georgia would maximize Justin Fields. Right. So that's kind of why he probably saw the writing on the wall and moved on himself. But you know, it's just I, I I'm interested to see if this is the year for Georgia that they can kind of like put it all together with their approach because their approach is still fairly single minded um, in that they want to, you know, play really good defense and they want to sit on you until you scream uncle and you know i don't know like last year for example they got into a bit of a shootout with florida and it, it just they couldn't keep up and right it, so it's like I, I i'd like to see if if a team like georgia can win multiple ways but they might not have to for a yeah. long time <laughs> yes yeah, that, that's kind of like the interesting uh their schedule is great for them yeah, that's kind of the interesting situation that I want to see play out is like, are will they ever get faced with a, a point of inflection where okay, we have to make a shift. We like this. We finally realize that just this is not working anymore. We have right. to adapt or evolve, kind of the way Saban did over the last five ten years, begrudgingly. Right. But like Kirby doesn't seem to be quite as open-minded maybe um i don't know we'll see but uh yeah so that was that was the weekend of games and now we get now we get to pick a whole nother slate right so yeah pretty strong slate of games this weekend in general but uh real quick we'll run through some games uh before we get to the pickers uh illinois uva tremendous color matchup here yeah a lot of 11 a.m eastern kickoff in stadium with kegs and eggs Yep. Um, uh, Illinois dropped a disappointing one last week after beating Wisconsin, uh, beating sorry Nebraska the week before. Um, do do we have a line on this, Jordan? Uh, you know? UVA by eleven, I believe. Whoa! Wow! Wow! Yeah. That's a lot of a lot of faith in the Hoos. A lot of puntos. Yeah. Um, Florida makes the big trip across the state to USF. Uh, weird, weird, rare in-state away game. I guess for Florida, I mean, I guess they played wasn't Florida this, every other year. But wasn't this, this like the weird... contract that uh, wasn't this contract that got UCF signed didn't, after didn't sign? Yeah, news leaked out that UCF didn't sign a two for one, and so then Florida just signed a two for one with USF. Yeah, 
And then UCF signed a two for then UCF then, signed a two for one this year. Under yeah. under a new AD, they signed a two for one, yeah. Right, right. Um Texas plays at Arkansas. I'm nominally interested in this. I don't really think Arkansas's offense is very good. I saw some pretty pretty rough um heat maps for where where they throw the ball and uh it doesn't really look like they're looks a little splotchy. Pushing, doesn't really look like they're pushing the ball down the field, but um you know. Florida doesn't uh, really do that right now either. Alabama plays Mercer. Oh well, <laughs> sign, sign um, me up for that one. I Those think during. Guys. I'm pretty sure Those during this uh, during this podcast, a, a news. I'm sure it came out earlier today, and I just missed it. But Nick Saban is very angry with the the positivity of the articles and the lack of quality of practice this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not just me making a guess. That actually happened. I'm pretty. No, sure. no, I saw that. Yeah, their focus has been off. Yep. So. When it's uh, ten to three, Mercer in the second quarter, um, <laughs> he's going to just absolutely lose his mind. I but, think he's also going to be happy though, because he'll have oh, like, see, sure. I told you, coachable moments. See, this is why I was happy. Florida, Florida, you know, kind of came sputtering out of the gate, and we had yeah. some bad interceptions. Coachable moments. That's what I'm all about. You do your most growing as a team between week one and week two. All right. I'm off to said this. <laughs> uh, and then. Jordan, I was interested if you and I could look this up myself, but do you have a line on NC State, Mississippi State? Because I'm curious about this game. I don't think Mississippi State is any good, and I think NC State might be okay. And I'm you want to take a guess at the line? Uh, I'm going to say NC State by three on the road. You nailed it. Oh wow! <laughs> look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, real letdown. Yeah. Uh, I should have said NC State by 34 on the road. Well, uh, it should be oh. NC State by 34. <laughs> it's only three. Um, yeah, that that one. I really like NC State there. Maybe, really maybe like sprinkle a little bit on maybe the little, 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 little sprinkle ski. Yeah. Save that one. All right. The bimbos right. are open, right. All right, let's get to picks. Yeah. So picks. Uh, we start with another nooner. Uh, in a B1G stadium, once again, we go to the Horseshoe where the aforementioned Oregon Ducks go to take on Ohio State, where the Buckeyes are 14.5-point favorites, and our beloved Jason Kreck gets to start us off once again. Hooray. Um, are Are we sold on this Ohio State defense? Do you need I mean, to be? Because if you need to be, you can always pick Oregon. They got gashed, but they did hurt the running back who gashed them. Which is an interesting season-ending injury. You hurt. should not. I should not have laughed at that. That's that well, sucks. Like full stop. I, that the guy's. Oh, no, we're not laughing that he's hurt. It we're absolutely sucks. I'm just saying that like strategy. Yeah. You know, the game is the um, game. Yeah, I I think I'm going to take Oregon here. I think I think first of all, this is prime backdoor cover territory. Um, that's a dangerous game jason i as know a fellow it, as a fellow podcast member let me tell you i'm gonna i'm gonna continue to make this grievous error uh over yeah. and over and not learn anything from past experience so i'm gonna take oregon yeah. um i think i mean ohio state's offense is is really good i'm not i'm just, i'm not sold on the defense i think oregon can n- not stay with them quite enough but stay with them enough to to keep this with it like I mean, if Oregon loses by two touchdowns, they cover. So uh, that's that's how the math shakes out. This is yeah. true. <laughs> so, so what? What are the spread is like? So it's plus or minus, right? And you have okay. to pick which. Get out of here. It's, it's not, not absolute yeah, value. 
I'm gonna take ducks. Jason works. He works at a college in sports, so he doesn't understand gambling. He's never seen these numbers. We have to give him a for dummies refresher. That's while you guys were talking about that Texas game, I was looking up what this meant. So. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Ohio State. Uh, the the half point does frighten me a little bit, um, but I think Oregon being potentially without Thibodeau, Thibodeau. Do we have a confirmed pronunciation? Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Uh, Anyhow. I have not. The young man, even if, like, like let's say he The young play. man. <laughs> old, yeah. old Mr. D. Lyman. Even if he does play, like, ankle injuries in the trenches aren't aren't yeah. awesome to deal with. I can't imagine. It um, sucks. It would have been cool to see him play against Ohio State because he is awesome. I mean, yeah. he's, he is Jadivian Clowney. Yep. Like, um. But yeah, I like Ohio State. It's their first home game of the year. Going to be a packed house. Going to be rowdy. I th- and I also think the early kickoff is going to mess with some body clocks for Oregon. So give give me the Buckeyes. Uh, yeah, I too like the Buckeyes. Guys, listen, most coaches will tell you you do your most growth as a team between week one and week two. And Ohio State had a lot of coachable moments in their game last week against Minnesota. That was a hard-fought game. Um, they They kind of... Got it together in the second half there, pulled away a little bit. Uh, CJ Stroud didn't look great in that game. I just, I, I think I'm banking on Ohio State having a more crisp performance at home. Um, and I, I think that Ohio State is able to, you know, I guess exercise some of the demons from last week and uh, pull away from Oregon in this game. So I'll take the Buckeyes. All right. Uh, next, a second nooner emerges. We've got oh. Pitt at Tennessee. <laughs> um, I was, this is a this is a gross game. Yeah, the tweets about this, this game are hilarious. And the NC State and Mississippi State, but I oh, figured okay. this one would be more fun to clown when it <laughs> inevitably happens. So um, we've got Pitt at Tennessee. Pitt favored by three and a half on the road. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Tennessee here. I cannot name one player on Pittsburgh's roster. That can't be a good sign for the Panthers. Um, I love a home dog this early in the year in in these unprecedented times of coming out of a pandemic. I love a home dog, especially at a noon kickoff. Um, And then Tennessee, potential secret weapon on the roster in the quarterback room. Hendon Hooker is familiar with pit secrets. So (laughs) they might have might have an inside track on some intel. Their secrets. Uh, As you can tell, we've done abundant research on these games. For, you know, blitzing linebackers. Mm. You laugh now. Uh, you know, shout out to a friend of the podcast, Nate Dodge, uh, a, a double Panther, I guess, went to undergrad wow. and law school there. Shout out. But, uh, you know, I sent him a funny tweet from our guy, Adam Kramer, at Kegs and Eggs this week, in which he said, we get Pittsburgh, Tennessee next weekend, which has to embody fan misery in a way that is truly <laughs> special. <laughs> There's a good chance as both fan bases leave this game in utter disgust. And then... <laughs> They just responded to miserable fan bases poised for disappointment. So anyhow, a lot of good vibes surrounding this game is yeah. really what I'm trying to say. I, I think Tennessee is like, like capital B bad. Uh, and I am going to take Pittsburgh here. Um, I think Tennessee's offensive approach is going to play into what Pittsburgh likes to do on defense. And yeah, I'll take, I'll take Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a, that's a lot of respect for Pittsburgh 
I mean, I think that's actually a lot of disrespect for Tennessee, given that <laughs> we don't know a whole. I mean, there's no way Vegas is like super locked in on like the Pitt Panthers experience this year, and is already has them as damn near a four point favorite on the road. Um, yes, yeah. I just think t- Tennessee's yeah. going to need some time. Give me Pitt. Yeah, I'm going to take Pitt as well. Um, this just feels like it, it couldn't be drawn up more perfectly for for fans of the Volunteers to get angrier. Um, mm-hmm. A noon a noon kickoff against a team they think they should beat and all this stuff. It's just it's right there for the taking. Um, yeah. So Panthers. Josh Heupel, Den- Denny White's sweet sweet adult son, Josh Heupel. <laughs> might get a little. A little Baby weird, Josh a little weird heat. Uh, Don't get the band on. playing Rocky Top. I tell you. <laughs> All right. You ever just find yourself just like whistling Rocky Top? Like it's a, it's a great song. It's so it great. really is. It's it, it yeah. really bangs. And sometimes I'll just be sitting at my desk and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna make a song. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just like doing this. But, yeah, it's okay. All right. Uh, college game day will be visiting the flyover state of Iowa this week for Elastico. When the Iowa Hawkeyes travel to Ames to take on the Iowa State, she moves her body like a Cyclones. <laughs> kind of bring back the hits. Um, her name is Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa State home favorites of four and a half points. Logan, you get to start. I love Iowa here in this spot. Give me Iowa. Purely based off their defense being good, and Iowa State usually starts kind of slow most years. All right, Jason. <sighs> Pregnant pause. Yeah, I mean, I, I I want to pick Iowa State, but I can't. I think Iowa. Well, this is America, Jason. You get to pick whoever you want. I'm forbidden. I am forbidden. You can uh, take Pittsburgh again if you want. To come do it, bro. <laughs> I will take Texas. Um, no, I think yeah, I think Iowa wins this. I think I was. I think I was a really good team. Um, so to get them with points, I, I don't think I can pass that up. Yeah, it is interesting to me because I think this game opened at f- minus five and it's only moved half a point, which yeah. makes me a little nervous, but I'm going to go ahead and take Iowa as well. Um, Love it. I'm much more impressed with their week one win than I am with Iowa State's. And SP Plus also likes the Hawkeyes. So that's good enough for me here. Um, Beautiful. We now take it to the evening hours. We've got an 8 p.m. kickoff in the big house where the Washington Washington Huskies travel to take on the Michigan Wolverines. The home team, Michigan, favored by a clean seven points for Jason to start with. That's weird. That seems way too low. I'm going to take Michigan. Um, I think, <laughs> I think Montana's got I, – I don't love Michigan in any way, shape, or form, but uh, the big house at night feels like it's going to be a tough place to play. Uh, Washington looked uh, exceedingly bad this past super week. At, super at um, Losing week. to Montana. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that – is the kind of line that makes me think I'm missing something, like uh, an injury or something grievous. So, um, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, I'm also going Michigan here. Uh, Jason, like you said, I love the big house at night, or especially early in the year because this is like a fake big game. Like, there, there's no actual conference ramifications here, but Washington's a brand name, so Michigan will get adequately fired up for it. 
and it's early enough in the year that they'll perform. Um, Washington's quarterback also threw three interceptions last week against Mm -hmm. Montana. Got to figure that Michigan's defense will be able to present uh, additional problems, if not just the same problems as Montana (laughs) did. So I will take Michigan as well. Who is Michigan's new defensive coordinator? They got rid of old Don Brown. They did. Couldn't tell I saw you. He's, he's out there getting it done at Arizona now, I think. He's on Jed, is he on Jed Fish's staff at Arizona? Well. That's wild. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I like just asking you guys questions, not doing any research myself. Thank you guys for producing. Yeah, happy to oblige. But anyhow, uh, yeah, I mean, m- more level of the story here is I, unfortunately, I'm going to also take Michigan, which means Washington is going to just have the bounce back game of all bounce back games here. And went out right, you know, at the big house. Just leave Michigan back where they started, square one. Wanting to fire their coach. But, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I th- sorry, I think if uh, Michigan can't cover, I do want them to lose outright because that would be yes. hilarious. Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, Michigan looked pretty competent, better uh, than I think they have looked in in the recent past. Uh, last week when I checked in on them, so uh, Washington looked way worse and. Uh, you know, making me wonder if Phil Steele is going to issue a formal apology for being so high on Washington in the in the Phil Steele 2021 uh, issue. Usually he's he likes to brag about his successes. So I wonder if he's going to have a really missed this one, guys. Wasn't wasn't my best work, but um, yeah, do we get like yeah. an updated midseason appendix or something? Yeah. Like, yeah, like we said, though, Washington come could come out with their teeth on fire here and, uh, you know, do some weird stuff. But I think Michigan's just going to be better notably on defense uh and and deeper throughout so give me the wolverines all right so that makes two wheel route consensus picks so far for week two two for week two uh our final contest of the evening is a 10 15 p.m kickoff it's the holy war ladies and gentlemen we've got utah at byu Utah favored by seven on the road. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Utes. Um, I know this is the classic throw the records out the window. They hate each other. It's going to be tight. Uh, Do you guys know who's playing quarterback for Utah these days? Yes, I do, but I won't say it. Yeah. That would be one Charlie Brewer. Uh, Oh, never mind. Baylor transfer. Who are you going to say? Jake Bentley, but I think he played there last year. I think you're right, but he's still on the he's on the quarterback trail of tears that we've uh, that we that, that still long documented. He's writing some postcards <laughs> from somewhere else. Um, yes. Yeah, so Charlie Brewer, I love that he's not like emotionally attached to this rivalry. He's just kind of a hired gun, um, and he gets to come in, sling the rock in some thin air, and uh, BYU gave up 345 yards to Arizona passing last week. So Ooh. this is Charlie Brewer City right here, boys and girls. But we're we're pretty confident that Utah is equipped to 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 go after like, Sure. I don't know. I feel like Utah's kind of like they try to be a little Wisconsin y sometimes, like super tough and pound the rock and hit you in the mouth, you know. Not not when your mercenary QB is from Baylor. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to take Utah here. Um, I just don't think BYU is 
Utah's won like seven straight in this uh, in this rivalry. It's it's getting to be a bit of a laugher. I mean, call me when it's sixteen straight. Am I right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, you know, you, if you want to you want to really feel pain, you give it nine more years. Really let it sink in deep into your pores. But uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take Utah here based off of mostly off of projections because I don't know enough about these two teams to really give you a whole lot of play analysis. Although Charlie Brewer, I mean. Gotta love the guy. That's such a name. I feel Brewer is uh feels like an Arizona name, Charlie Brewer. Didn't they have a uh didn't they have a quarterback that like wound up at UVA for a year? At Utah? With the last name Brewer? No, Arizona. These Arizona. were like dark in the London doldrums. Uh, but. That might that might be true. We might have tried to get excited about like a, a Utah quarterback. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah, Arizona, Arizona transfer. Sorry. Anyhow, yeah. there was a lot. There was a lot of times so I was trying to get myself excited about things. <laughs> really oh, I haven't picked yet, have I? No, no. you haven't. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Utah as well. I think. Oh boy, this is scary. Yeah, scary I hours. I don't like to, but. Listen, I already, I already was the one. Jordan or Logan, you're the one that that needed to go separate from everybody else. Um, That's true. But yeah, I think Utah's a really good team. I mean, they Weber State is a is a, a very strong FCS team, and they didn't Utah didn't struggle much with them. Um, Put it on them. So I think they can and handle the Cougs. Utah does return 10 offensive starters and nine defensive starters, which is pretty impressive from a, a decent yeah. team last year. I mean, they weren't crazy good, but really excited for us to pick like an, an inordinate amount of Utah games this year because they're going to be ranked like 23rd pretty soon. And we're just going to find them in a bunch of weird like Pac 12 like matchups. You know, oh, yeah, sure. Utah, USC, Utah, Oregon. Really excited. I love when that happens. Oh, I found it. The Arizona quarterback that transferred to uva was connor brewer wow there's a there's a blast in 2015 in wonder what he's up to these days insurance adjusting you think maybe maybe making sales in enterprise slinging munis tranches some tranche work uh okay cool well should be a fun weekend um you guys got you guys got big plans uh club fitting Getting my irons dialed in Ooh. in Richmond on Ooh. Friday afternoon. Then uh, I think I might try and go to the UVA Illinois game on my way oh, back cool. to the bird. Mm-hmm. So, what time is that game? It's uh, 11 a.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. Wow. Um, and they got expanded beer sales in Scott Stadium. So, you're yeah. not just limited to the beer gardens. You can you can mosey around with your beer. Now? Yeah, I saw Tall Boys on the hill and in the stands on TV last week. Oh, love it. Bless, Lord, the bless the Lord of my soul. <laughs> Jason, who the who the Dukes got? Uh, the Dukes have Maine, the Black Bears at home. I Let's will not. Bears. I will not be there, nor will I see much college football because we are celebrating the wedding of friend of the podcast Kelsey Wong on Saturday. Let's go! Shout out! Shout out! Good so. team. Up in, up in Broadway. Some Sweet. barn in Linville, which I think I've been to like for two other weddings, but um, I don't remember. There is there is a barn in Linville that does. I think that. I've toured I think yeah. I've toured that barn for yeah. similar reasons. <laughs> yes. Made made the rounds. Love a good Linville Edom uh, jaunt. You know? That's what I'm saying. 
<laughs> good clean air out there. <laughs> nah. Once you get sort past of. the spice plant, you're you're fine. As yeah. long as the wind depends on. Unless they got the honey wagon rolling around. The honeysuckle. Slinging, slinging turds. All right. Well, on that note, we'll uh, go ahead and uh, bring this to a thudding end here. But thank you for joining us on the Wheel Route Podcast. Uh, we are so thankful you made it this far. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. Thewheelroute.com is the email address. Um, otherwise, if we don't ever see you again, go Gators. Go Hoos. Uh, go Dukes. Go Dukes.